Welcome to Aquarian Anarchy, ladies and gentlemen, beautiful earthlings, greetings. You see Marcus and Nico down at the bottom of the screen, and we have our very special guest. Nicholas Wildstar is in the building. He's I on mute. The, see the beautiful, I see the beautiful uh recall Newsom in the background there. Let me real quick before we uh before we before we completely dive right in with the uh with the interview here, remind everybody if you haven't already. Hit the like button. We don't care if you have not watched this video yet because it's live. Like it anyway. And uh, subscribe if you're not already subscribed. Hit the share button. Share. Remember, two shares to speed the spread of this podcast. And go to our Patreon. We love our patrons. Love all of y'all. Marcus, you still owe me a list of all our patrons so I can read I it, it live on air. Um, send it to me during the show and I'll uh, I'll do it at the end. Um and uh, go go check out the, the merch store, too. Uh, all the links are in the description. You will see that below. But without further ado, let us welcome our very special guest while he, uh, while he lights one up. Nicholas Wildstar, welcome. Thank you for having me, man. It's a, great, <laughs> a pleasure to be here and uh, meet the both of you, definitely. I know Marcus all too well, but mm. I'm happy to be here with you all. Most Excellent. Yeah, likewise. This is gonna be cool. So I will uh I will let Marcus kind of lead things because I know he uh he set this up. And so Marcus, take it away, man. I, I've known uh Nicholas for a little while and we've kind of crossed in a bunch of different circles a lot. Um for those of you that don't know his body of work, he's done a lot. Um, he's been involved with libertarian politics, GOP politics. He's been involved with um, the Cal Exit movement. He um, is, I, I would consider him friends with uh, my friend, Adam Kokesh. That's generally mm. where I uh, first met him. And That's how I found out about him too. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And, and, and I've conversed with him uh, over the last couple of years for, you know, appearances on Adam versus the man, those kinds of things. And he's an interesting person. And uh, one of the things that he, he is particularly interesting to me about is that he keeps himself very libertarian while also um, not um, necessarily working within the libertarian party. And mm -hmm. I personally like that because Fuck the Libertarian Party. I think I'm the only oh, one left. <laughs> I'm the only one still trying to fight the good fight in the party. But no, it's uh, it's all good. That's yeah, I, I appreciate that too. So anything that I missed, I know that you've done some uh, some stuff before you got into politics, uh, Nicholas. Um, but um, I let you, I know that you've done some rap. You've done some other uh some other stuff. Why don't you um, take it from there? I've given like a basic idea. Tell us about you. We need eight uh, bars at least. <laughs> right. No, just, go ahead. Go. Well, uh, I am again, Nicholas Wildstar, raptivist, uh, politician, and of course, public uh, representative, since that's what I'm seeking to be, you know, and um Marcus is right. I actually am a longtime musician. I moved to California from Wisconsin to pursue a career in music oh, wow. and uh, was quite successful on it uh, on the underground level is what they call mm -hmm. it. So, <laughs> uh, I have music in uh, movies like Scary Movie 4. I have music on Amazon, uh, Spotify, all that good stuff. And I'm still doing music now, but more so I'm focusing on using it as a tool 
to help get the information out there about political change and um, cultural issues, social issues, et cetera. So I saw this kind of change happening within myself as an individual uh, around my mid twenties or so, and um, just being more aware about the world around me, the government, you know, and it's instrumental role in my day-to-day life as a as a hardworking person out here, you know, providing for myself since I did move 3,000 miles away from a place I considered to be home to establish a new home on my own as a teenager. So yeah. uh, I was very independent-minded and still in, independent-minded and um, will always be. And uh, being here in California, I got to see a little bit of California politics firsthand in the recall effort to get get, uh, Gray Davis out of Boston Mm. back in uh, 2000. A while back, yeah. So uh, when that happened, I was helping other people that I knew collect signatures to recall Gray Davis. And unfortunately, we ended up with Schwarzenegger. But (laughs) here we are again. in 2012 or 20, uh, 21 now, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Reversing <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> so if we get him out, um, then we would have been successful in recalling two governors in the history of California. Uh, and that's what we want. I've been I, actually instrumental in collecting signatures to put, to get him out of office as well um, over the past few months and am continuing to do so now as a candidate running to replace him as governor. So uh, a little bit about my political history. I was a long time uh, Occupy Wall Street protester. Well, not in Wall Street, since I'm out here in California. Mm -hmm. Occupy LA, Occupy Orange County, San Diego, Occupy Sacramento, all these different Occupy uh, protests throughout the state that I've been involved in and anonymous protests as well. And uh, that kind of led me to learn more about Dr. Ron Paul. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't know ran for president against Barack Obama or else I would have voted for him. But (laughs) with me being a Democrat, uh, you know, straight out of high school and always voting Democrat, uh, he was the first person that I ever voted for um, as a Republican. So I had here in California, you have to register for that political party in order to have an opportunity to support a candidate in that party. So in the primary, when he was running for president, I had to register Republican first time ever, and again, voted Republican then. But I consider myself more so a liberty uh, movement activist, since Mm. uh, the main message behind Occupy was about freedom, limiting governments, size and scope and influence and of course uh expanding our freedoms as individuals so it's sad that the message kind of got lost in transit and translation um throughout the year same with the tea party mm-hmm. exactly but to me it's always been about that and i was supportive of the tea party too until the money you know came into play <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what happens with every you know um revolution is it gets astroturf some influx of money comes in and it right. changes the influence it changes the course and the agenda and i wanted to stay on task with that so i started to focus on um running as a candidate myself basically put 
my money where my mouth is, since all of us talk about the problems that politics cause, why not mm -hmm. do something about it, you know? Right. Instead of talking about community violence and homelessness and drug use and whatever else, uh, I wanted to be the person that had a role in changing those policies. So I ran for governor in 2014. I was an independent candidate, uh, a writing candidate, got about 12 votes. I ran again in 2018 and was endorsed by the Libertarian Party and uh, won their nomination as an endorsed candidate and got almost 12,000 votes. So I'm running again, um, as I said, in this special election to recall Gavin Newsom. Uh, only this time I'm running as a Republican, like Ron Paul did in his 2012 mm. campaign. So I'm hoping to bring the message of liberty and um, you know maximize freedom and minimize government to the a larger stage by running as a Republican. Well, we I have a California resident in the building. Rita is in here. She says, I saw that. California. Hey. California in the house, yeah. So she's uh, she's looking. She trust me. She she she's no fan of uh, of the current governor. So uh, she's looking for, no. for, for, for for an answer. So yeah, is California for you guys to recall two governors? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, and that's within the twenty years that I've been here in California. Right. You know, so um, in its entire electoral history in the state. Uh, two governors, two Democratic governors, again, mm. in a state that's considered to be ultra Democrat, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. ultra left leaning and uh, more so embracing of a lot of socialist progressive policies. And here we are again in this boat where we're not happy with it. The people of California, and it's not just the people on the right, like Newsom is going around saying on the, on the news that it's just Proud Boys and Trump supporters and, you know, I, I guess alt-right supporters, but uh, that's not true at all. Uh, I mean, I'm the you first. You have the haircut for alt-right. <laughs> so so we, we were talking about that. Yeah, and you're, you're, I, I put your Twitter handle up there on the screen, the real cue ball. Um, yeah. so, uh, you know, it's like you, you're now you're living up to the name, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's right. funny. Uh, but we were talking about that before we came on the air. Like I didn't, I, I hardly recognize you when Marcus put the picture up for the thumbnail. I was like, "Who the fuck is that?" That's not. I'm used to the dreads and everything. And I asked you. I said, "I said, I said, what's the matter? You think you think the the, the white people in California are scared of a black man in dreads?" <laughs> and what did you say? You said, I said, "More black people, believe it or not, are afraid." <laughs> When I was running for sure um, for office, more people told me that I should cut my hair and clean up my look to mm -hmm. appeal to the masses. And uh, they were black people, believe it or not. The majority of them were black people. I had a few uh, anonymous emails and based on the tone, I could tell that they were, you know, not black people, but <laughs> face to face, you know, when I've been going door to door, introducing myself to people, they'd look me up and down and say, you're running for office, you know, and uh, of course, oh, wow. I would get judged that way. But um, yeah, it's sad that it boils down to a matter of perception and image uh, right. for you to be taken, uh, taken seriously as a candidate, mm -hmm. you know. You can, your name could be on the ballot. You could have paid thousands of dollars to market yourself. But, you know, if you don't look a certain way, 
then people won't take you seriously. So right. um, yeah, it's sad. Yeah, it, one of the things you know they've tried to get me to run for shit several times. I tried to run for coroner and my hippie ass me out there and because I do have a degree in funeral service and my but I'm not changing shit. They can kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I'm never gonna win. Marcus yeah. just said he endorses the establishment. I'm just saying yeah, he said he's not changing shit, you know so <laughs> So I, I, I get all that, and that makes that makes quite a bit of, uh, of sense, you know, having to kind of, you know, because, like, for instance, Adam wears what he calls his politician suit. I get that. I understand that you do um, have to appeal to grandma who's used to seeing the same thing over and over and over again. I get it. Um, what made you decide to run in the GOP? Uh, as I said, being able to bring the libertarian message to more people. Um, the one thing that I did come to find with me running as a libertarian candidate in the last election was I was just completely ignored by mainstream media and most sure. voters just speaking to them. Uh, they would love uh, the things that I was talking about and all of the changes that I was proposing to make for the state. And then they would ask me, well, are you running as a Republican or a Democrat? And I say, Libertarian. Oh, man, you're not going to win, you know? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Automatically write you off as a lost cause simply because you're running as a third party candidate. Not only mm -hmm. again, the, the average voter, but the media. You need them as an outlet to help reach the masses. So when it came to um you know poll polling and just news articles in general about the candidates that were running um my i was barely mentioned you know it was either just by name or not at all sure and the thing is i get that and i'm not trying to i'm not like i said fuck the lp um because they flat out you know one of the things that you're gonna face in any any particular situation with the LP is you're going to have the LP attacking you because yeah. you you know, maybe maybe you didn't quote Rothbard right or maybe you uh, thought Milton Friedman was cool or something. maybe you made the mistake of quoting Rothbard and they're like right. and then the anti Rothbard libertarians come after you right so, libertarian like I am right. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Us too. Um, yeah. And, and and so so I get it. Um, and, and and frankly, I have a friend that's uh, considering here in Indiana running for uh, for Congress here in a couple of years. And we were discussing stuff. I said, the first thing you need to do is make sure nobody knows you know me. We'll start there. The second thing you need to do, uh, be, because in Indiana, he'd, he'd be fucked if, he, if, you know, if they found out that he's got a really good friend that's an anarchist. But um, but. On top of that, I said, don't run in the LP. That's suicide. Don't do that. If you actually want to win, if that's what you want to do, then run in the GOP and just, you know, try to pull the GOP with you. I don't necessarily think that it's effective because I don't think electoral politics is going to largely change anything. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> but... But at the end of the day, if you can push forward a narrative like it seems like you're doing to an audience, mm -hmm. get that audience as big as possible. And you don't get a bigger audience than the GOP, even in California. Exactly. So, well, so I wanted to clarify. Politics and the many of many voters, many people that I've spoke with 
care more so about just the person sticking true to what they say more than anything. It doesn't matter what your political party is. That's more so what they're looking for more than anything right now. But just uh, competition wise, of course, it boils down to that that um, dualistic mindset that people are in where they must choose for either team red or team blue to feel like they are, you know, um, aren't wasting their vote. So it's sad that people have that mindset, but I think I can shift that again through discussion of policy, which uh, one, I talk about these things, cutting taxes and making California a constitutional carry state, decriminalizing all substances, uh, making California energy independent, where we have our own um, you know, uh, utility company where it's free service being provided to the people of California. And uh, a lot of people love these ideas and are very supportive of them. And when I tell them that I'm running as a Republican, they're even enthusiastic now about, uh, even more enthusiastic now about supporting me. But, um, the one thing about the Libertarian Party itself is this sort of failed as a vehicle out here for political change, simply because um, the people of the community are wanting to have that opportunity, are looking for that organization, that outlet, but are not finding that. And the the Republican Party pretty much is non-existence here. I mean, we have a Democratic-controlled state. It's yeah. a Democratic majority uh, across the board, just even with registered voters. So the Republicans pretty much gave up on the state. So I'm not running as a Republican, a registered Republican candidate uh, or, or a GOP member. I'm running as a registered Republican promoting a Libertarian Party platform. Nice. Question. Okay. Uh, why do they make you register under like Republican or Democratic? Because in For Illinois, reason. I don't have to do that shit. I yeah, mean, it's California. Right. <laughs> it's just California, and it's a way to discriminate voters, you know? Okay, and, awesome. Yeah, so in the primary, for instance, in the presidential primary, <clears throat> if there is a, you know, a, a partisan pres- president in office, whether it's Republican or Democrat, in the primary, in order for you to vote for opposing candidate, you have to register for that party. Because, you know, like with um, with uh, Ron Paul, because you already had Obama in office, all of the candidates running for president were just Republican candidates, you know. Mm-hmm. And so in, in order for you to participate in that primary, you would have to register Republican until the, the general election in November. So it's a way, again, to limit the amount of participants in the primary, uh, as well as, again, limit the opportunity for more people that would vote for a Republican candidate to do so. Because a lot of people, they think they're a Republican or a Democrat or even a Libertarian. That's just your voter registration. You're just a registered voter for that party. You're not a party member. Those are the ones really making the calls behind the scenes. Would you be able to sure. like register under two parties or is it strictly like, no, you're a nigga, so you got to stay. <laughs> exactly. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
You know, I was a Democrat before I had to clarify and say, no, I'm not going to be what you want me to be. I'm going to be what I want. Yeah. Shout out to Libre TV for when we get canceled on YouTube. <laughs> we'll only have the one home. We are streaming, <laughs> we're streaming live, simulcasting on YouTube and on Libre TV um, for when they when they when they come after Nico for for that comment. But uh, no, <laughs> I'm just fucking with you, man. It's all good. <laughs> we, we we say all kind of sh- shit on here that's uh, liable to get us kicked off at, at any moment. But uh, but it's all good because we got the free platform, Libre TV. Uh, holding us down too, so it's it's all. Good. I do my best to be politically correct as much as possible. <laughs> I, I then we will you. have to stomp on you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. so we want to we want to ask Rita's question so you yes. can uh, you can have yes. an answer. Get, get a chance to answer that. Oh, okay, shit. so Rita oh, says, "Sorry, uh, Chad. It's all good." Do I think voters are swing to the center right to the nomination? Or let's see. All right. So with John Cox winning in 2018, that was really an anomaly because he wasn't expected to actually win the nomination. Nobody thought he would. Mm -hmm. But that's money in politics and power and the influence that they have, you know, and pulling the strings and making sure that they're selected, not elected. So Mm -hmm. John Cox was really just a rhino propped up by the establishment. So Mm -hmm the GOP can feel like they've done their best to uh, present a candidate that can compete against Gavin Newsom. But he wasn't. He was expected to lose. And he's expected to lose again were he to, you know, um, uh, I guess be propped up again by the Republican Party. He's already declared himself as a candidate and said he's going to be running in the 2022 election. Who knows if that's going to actually happen with the recall election because He'll have to spend money twice. And that's the one thing candidates don't want to do is spend a lot of money and lose. And he's a perfect example of that um, with the Republican Party is that, you know, I don't know how much money he spent, but I think in the last gubernatorial election, it was over $200 million uh, spent between the Republicans and Democrats. And I would say maybe half of that is expected to be spent in this uh, special election that we're going to be having before the end of the year. But California still has a scheduled gubernatorial election in, next year. So <clears throat> if if I was being strategic and, John, you know, as John Cox and wanted to make sure I'm making my money count, I would just vote for 2022, you know, mm-hmm. because you're only, even if he does get elected, he's only going to be in office for a year or two before you know, it's a possibility he'll ha- he'll get reelected. So that's why whoever wins to replace Newsom, it's extremely imperative that they show and prove if they want to keep that seat in 2022. If they don't, then they definitely will lose, hands down. Yeah. And speaking of of, of the possibility, and, and, and I realize that the, the likelihood that, that you're going to win in the special election is low. I get that. Um, if you were to win, what issues uh, are most important to you? Where, where do you start? What do you do? First thing is the economy. That's the one thing that's affecting everything, everybody in the state, mm-hmm. large and small. Um, is the lockdowns being imposed on them by this tyrannical governor, you know? So I would immediately lift the lockdowns, let businesses get back to normal, 
as they did before this whole pandemic panic and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, leave the choice up to them on if they want to have people wear masks indoors or not. They shouldn't be forced to do so. It's like, well, what's happening in Texas? Even though the governor lifted the mandate, you know, you still have businesses that are imposing that um, mask requirement on customers. So mm -hmm. now it's a matter of a, leg a legality issue, you know, and those businesses most likely will be sued because of that. And we want to make sure that the people of California, that their constitutional rights, their natural rights, their human rights as individuals are protected and respected. That's exactly what I'll be doing as governor and upholding that constitutional oath, uh, which does not authorize any governor to be uh, telling you know, people they need to stay indoors or wear a mask or businesses right. that they need to shut down. So no unconstitutional actions from Governor Wildstar. <laughs> I'll also get to work immediately on criminal justice reform um, and removing qualified immunity for officers, um, mm. judicial immunity for judges. A lot of people don't know this, but judges, believe it or not, have immunity. So if they act outside of their oath or um, abuse their power under the color of law, they can't be removed as a judge and they're appointed a justice for life. So they can't be removed even through election. They gotta be removed through, you know, uh, some type of, uh, you know, impeachment process. So I wanna remove those extra layers of protection to again, prevent police officers from posing a threat uh, against anyone in the community, black, white, Hispanic, whatever the case may be. We hire them to protect mm -hmm. us. We shouldn't be in fear for our lives because of them. So mm -hmm. qualified immunity requiring for all uh, law enforcement officers to have um, liability insurance. That way, if there happens to be an accident and it leads to a personal injury, they're paying for that out of their own pocket. It's not coming out of taxpayers' pockets anymore. Um, and of course, the, uh, sure. also uh, address the homeless issue, which is swelling out of control. And with many people right now fo facing possible evictions or loss of their own home uh, through foreclosures, we want to make sure that they're protected as well. Uh, mm -hmm. We don't want the homeless population to be even worse than it already is, which is the f number one in the entire nation. So I'll be um getting to work on building homes 3d printed homes uh these 3d printed home communities actually are being built right now in california through rancho mirage they're building a community spending i think a hundred million dollars or something like that to build commercial properties but these would be public housing uh one one bedroom one bathroom units uh, built less than 24 hours, cost less than $5,000, and they're self-sustainable. So it's like a one-and-done type of deal. So my goal as governor is to provide permanent solutions to our current economic problems that will hopefully, again, outlast me if I were to be, you know, replaced in 2022 and uh, get the people of California back on the right track. So uh, I have to Sounds do this good. because because this person paid to say this. So <laughs> thank you to thank you to Juanita for the uh, ten dollar uh, super chat. Super chat. Yeah, yeah. So uh, she says I can't put this one on the screen because it's in a different uh, chat from this. It's on the on our Libre chat. 
So she says, <laughs> I have to read this. <laughs> Gavin Newsom is a great governor and he has created some great policies for California. Hashtag wear a mask. Hashtag masks save lives. Hashtag get the shot. Wait. And then she says, lockdown save lives. <laughs> then he says, will you confiscate AR-15s because assault rifles kill people? And will you open the borders so that immigrants can have a fair shot at life? So anyway, I'll just Question. let you. And then we'll get into our questions from our before, from our, uh, our, our YouTube right. audience, too. Uh, but it, like anyway. Libre. Like, I think we have, yeah, I think we have a we have a, an emperor over there in the Libre chat. But anyway, so do you have any answers to those questions? I sure <laughs> Mr. Do. Mr. Wildstar. The one thing about Newsom is he has done a lot of great things for California. And, um, those policies I certainly will be keeping in place. It's what he's done wrong for California that I think definitely needs to be reversed. For instance, AB5, it's a bill that he passed into law before these lockdowns that actually prevent people from working as independent contractors. So when we talk about jobless, uh, joblessness in the state, that's a big contributor is people not being able to work for themselves. And we had um, lobbyists for Uber and Lyft pressure us into passing Prop 22, which basically gave rideshare drivers a loophole so they could continue working as independent contractors. But everybody else is screwed. I mean, right now it's tax season. If you're an accountant, you can't work for yourself. You got to go work for H&R Block or another accounting firm. Um, you know, if you're a roofing contractor, or, uh, what's that? I said killing competition. Exactly. Kills competition. Yeah, I was going to say the rideshare stuff. I bet you it's not some little independent mom and top rideshare company that's pay that this is for, right. so that Uber, so that Uber and Lyft and whoever, you know, DoorDash and whoever else can can still Uber Eats and everybody can make their uh make their money um right. off off the backs of the people they pay like six dollars a day to drive around in a car. Exactly. <laughs> and but that's the thing is when it comes to government dictating wages, they shouldn't be in that business at all. So I'll actually be repealing minimum wage laws in the state. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I, I've spoken to a few homeless people and they said, I would love to work, you know, but minimum wage is racist. Um, <laughs> and it is extremely racist. And a lot of people are unaware of its racist roots and origins also, but uh, mm -hmm. just cut the, cut the fat, I'll be cutting that. Um, and I plan on making California a constitutional carry state. To me, a, a well-armed citizenry is one that is definitely one that is more protected, more safe, and more um, in a position to make sure that they're not being threatened, you know? And if, if you're a homeowner, and you want to make sure that if someone breaks onto your property and comes into your home, and poses a threat that you're able to protect yourself. In California, we have laws to where you cannot buy rubber bullets because it's a liability issue. Mm -hmm. uh, you cannot maim someone. So if you if you have an, an, an intruder in your home, you must shoot to kill. That should not be lawful in the state. Oh, wow. Uh, That's it. Right, exactly. It is, it's extremely sick. So a lot of people, while they think that we should be taking away guns from lawful citizens, law-abiding citizens, 
that would be absurd. The best thing to do is to make sure that anyone and everyone has the ability to protect themselves and government isn't um, dictating that in any way, right. shape or form. And right. I also plan on making California more, um, more open to immigration. Uh, I personally think that, of course, just looking at its origins and uh, immigration policy, that it's racist. And I don't want to perpetuate that as governor. If anything, I want to make sure that California is not being discriminatory in any way, shape or form to anyone, um, no matter if they were born here or not. So I will be making sure that the immigration process is easier, that it's cheaper. And it, since it's not mandatory, make it incentivized for people that are here from another country to want to become a citizen. Um, you know, so they can reap the benefits of that. But also at the same time, um, change these social welfare programs that are a big attractor and mm -hmm. add a that clause to let people know that after one year, three years of you receiving, you know, government assistance, that after that point, you're on your own and have to provide for yourself. And that, that not only would be applicable to um, immigrants that would be applicable to anyone receiving uh, benefits. Rita is really going in on these uh, questions here, so yeah, I'm going to I'm just going to rattle it off. She, I mean, she's hey, look, she lives there. She, she wants you got, she wants you answers. got a voter coming, buddy. Like, you want answers? Are you ready <laughs> for the truth, Rita? Hotep <laughs> uh, Daryl says, "What's the possible? What's possible to be done about the 14 percent state income tax? Yeah, yeah. Cut it completely. I will be suspending it." There we go. There we go. So there's there's that answer, Daryl. You heard it. All right. So let me uh, let me go. Let's try to find the, the top for real. So uh, da, da, da. she says, "Where was it? Oh, what about housing? How can young how can young people purchase uh, a property to start a family? Because homelessness is terrible here." She's in Northern California, and she says, uh, "AB five is hideous." I don't know. Uh, mm -hmm. That was that law I said that prevents. Okay, that's the okay. Okay. Contractor, um, I was like, I was like, Antonio Brown doesn't wear number five. What are you talking about? No, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, so, so, what about the uh, the the? Because that is that is a big a big deal. Like getting when we're in this cycle of like um, debt and wage slavery through the Fed and through um, inflationary policy, and then the taxation and all these these big uh, entitlement programs and everything that that we end up having to kick down the road and, and kids end up paying for time multiple times over right. you, the, the prospect of, of like owning land and owning, owning something and really owning it is getting farther and farther, you know, in, in the distance for a lot of people, because um, we're, even if you buy something, you're still renting it with property taxes and property right. taxes are, are through the roof in so many places. And so you have that and then you have people like leaving the state and going to, you know, like Texas and Arizona and, and other places to get a, get away from California. What's uh, what's the answer there? Cutting those property taxes that are scaring people from away, you know, and going to other states where it's more economical for them uh, based on their income. And that's the hardest part for the people here right now is that they're income has been affected by these lockdowns. So you want to make sure that they're receiving as much 
financial reprieve as much as possible. So suspending those property taxes since they've still been collected this entire time. They actually went up last summer, believe it or not. Gavin Newsom decided to raise property taxes at a time when people need to be money in their pockets the most. Mm -hmm. So I'll again be cutting that. Uh, you shouldn't have to pay property taxes on your own property. You know, it's yours. You bought it, you paid for it. You shouldn't have to continue to pay taxes on that period. Mm -hmm. uh, but one uh, other thing I plan on doing to make California more attractive to um, builders, home builders, is le um, alleviate a lot of the government red tape preventing them from building homes. You know, uh, there are many zoning laws and uh, regulatory practices and um, permit fees, license fees that, you know, these developers have to pay before they can even start building. And I mean, if it's causing them, causing, costing them uh, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars just to break ground, then of course, that's not going to want to, you know, encourage them to want to build in California. So eliminate some of those fees, eliminate the, the regulation, um, give them the green light that they need to start building. And that'll hopefully cure uh, or at least eliminate uh, somewhat the amount of, of unaffordable housing that we have here in the state as well. You know, if people have more homes available to them, that'll bring down some of those costs. And especially in some of the larger populated areas where they could use more affordable homes. Because when when you talk about affordable housing, you're more so just talking about renters, you know. Uh, the home buyers out there, the housing market in California already is unfriendly towards, you know, home buyers, unless you have a lot of money. So we want to reduce those costs to allow those um, new home buyers to now have that opportunity here in the state. And another thing that I think that would help in that is by, you know, uh, opening up some of these federal lands to development. You know, some of the native uh, indigenous tribes that are here and indigenous people, let them have access to that land first um, to start building on. So um, what's that? I was just agreeing. No, I'm <laughs> agree. You barely hear it. Like good forms of reparation to like the people that have been like um, expedited from the areas. If that's right. the proper word. You feel me? So, um, no, keep going. Yes. And that's what I want to do is make sure a lot of the land here in California is returned back to the indigenous people of this land. Um, and of course, open up an avenue for those disadvantaged people as well. Um, and that's why I'm also proposing through my gold new deal to create a people's bank of California. So we can actually use the people's bank as a way for small investors to have access to loans that some of these big banks, you know, refuse them altogether. That'll not only be for them to buy a home, um, but to also start a business as well. So this people's bank of California will also be, um, uh, doing transactions and all commerce, all commerce 
So that only would not only be Federal Reserve notes, but that would also inclu include cryptocurrency and precious metals. But we also would be doing banking for uh, cannabis businesses and other um, uh, other drug businesses, since I do plan on de decriminalizing. And right now, since that is, a, I guess, a violation of federal policy for them to do any banking, we're going to have our own bank here in California. Mm -hmm. Like credit nice. union style uh, model? Exactly. Basically. Yeah. And it'll be it sounds like to me, yeah, it sounds like to me you're, uh, what you're largely doing is just deregulating the shit out of stuff. And um, I think that, yeah, 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 which is good because that means less. Yeah, when people needs don't a lot less shit in it, I know that much. Right, for sure. You should deregulate and, all and, the shit and, out of uh, everything. Right. And... Uh, but the, most people don't understand that when you say regulation, what that means is the government's in charge of it. It isn't right. that some you know angel is up on top of something uh, regulating it, making sure that only the good people get guns and only the good right. people have this. And you know, it, it, it is simply only the government has control. And right. um, one of the things that that you mentioned about homelessness, um, the the deregulation on that, I think, could have a massive impact. One thing that um, Ah, I'm trying to think of who said it, but someone said that in Mexico, they don't have a major in, in the countryside. They don't have a major homelessness problem. You just go, right. you just go put your shit up in the, in the woods and like nobody fucks with right. you. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the argument against that is, oh, but they might have a house that is not to code on their electric. Okay, so exactly. a cardboard box is better. <laughs> you know, so right. So hey, I, I look, think those park benches have to be up to code and the uh, sidewalks and everything. I've been to San Francisco. I've walked around where the the it's uh there's uh, you turn the wrong corner and it's like it's nothing but homeless bull and it's like mm -hmm. all up to code. I promise. Yeah, like uh, Marcus pointed out, it, would they rather people be living in a cardboard box or some of these tents? You know, ten cities uh, right. that definitely look more hazardous than right. a, a shipping container. Uh, I've read a few stories where there were uh, shipping containers that were retrofitted to be like um, tiny homes, and mm. government stopped development and in uh, of this and uh, stopped it from being provided to people of the community because they weren't approved. So uh, that's another way that government gets in the way of innovation and stopping people of the community from actually getting involved and helping, you know, solve these problems themselves is by saying, well, we didn't give you permission to. Um, I spoke with the contractor who does, you know, um, I guess asphalt, uh, you know, paving and all of that stuff. And he said, man, I would love to fix the potholes right outside of my house. But guess what? If I do, <laughs> I'm going to get fined by the city for doing so. So that's crazy. Exactly. Very crazy. Especially when, again, you have people in a community that have the ability, they have the resources, they have the um, desire to want to fill that void but yet again are being blockaded by government officials. So um, my goal as governor is 
is to do what Marcus said, remove all of the regular regulatory practices that have prevented um, all of these issues from actually having more options available to, you know, reduce them all together. Mm -hmm. Other question. Um, so you help homeless people um, with like their shelter and whatnot, but what about like reform and getting them back into like society? Is there any other plans for that? Absolutely. I think that's where a lot of these organizations, longtime organizations that are more outfitted and more knowledgeable, have more experience Churches. about exactly churches uh, to get involved, give them the money to deal with the situation uh, and provide the services, wraparound services that they've always had. Um, it's a shame that I'll speak with you know, uh, representatives from private organizations and they're better funded, you know, they're um, operating at a better capacity and are running more efficiently than some of the public service programs. So what's the problem there? The problem there is that the public service, you know, um, organizations, they're getting the money regardless of if they drop the ball or not. That needs mm -hmm. to be acceptable. To where again we're focusing on them receiving that money based on um you know based on productivity and results so the same thing could be done with everything when it comes to police officers or um teachers that their pay should be based on their performance based on instead of them receiving a fixed income and not having to show or prove to uh to earn that money nice i want to kind of take kind of a, a little bit of a left path for a moment um and chad soon i want to get him into the indoctrination well, chamber well, wait uh, before you take a left path let me read since uh -huh. we're going to the left let me read this uh sure <laughs> super chat I, I have to they paid 12 dollars for me to read this look i, I just want everybody to know if you, if you pay us, i'm gonna read you I'm and then we can, no matter what you say. This thing says, I'm not reading the other ones. Bring it. I'm not going to read the other ones. Yeah. So Chester says <laughs> for $12, is Wildstar his real name? All the black people I know have last names like Jones, Jenkins, and Williams. And that is not racist. He said, and that is not racist because I voted for Joe Biden and I support Black Lives Matter. What would <laughs> you, what would you do to hashtag stop <laughs> Asian hate? So, well, first anyway. things first, uh, to whoever just yeah. said that, don't say, you know, I'm not racist because dot, dot, dot. That is automatically. Uh, I, I, think, I think what we have is we're being, <laughs> you know, to some degree. We have risen to he has the a level we are, so, as a racist. We, are so, we are so popular that we have, we have people who now pay to troll us with these questions. <laughs> so I'm, I'm happy. I will take it. Is you mad? Is you I don't right? care. No, You're it's drifting season. 24 7 365 so let's go <laughs> yes sir <laughs> anyway so so marcus go ahead i, I asked the question uh you don't have to answer um go ahead marcus <laughs> well yes uh, so I want uh, wildstar is my <laughs> is my real name <laughs> my father gave it to me you would nice. think that's how it would work in this country you know Right, right. Not only have the black people that have their slave given names, but you actually have the black people that said, 
I'm going to create my own identity, just like you had some white people here, uh, <laughs> European Americans do the same damn thing. So you inspired uh, me. Ex <laughs> All right. <laughs> So that's so, what we're doing here is with Nicholas Wildstar, a new family tree for the black ancestors in my lineage. I still think he's got a black friend, though. I really do. I think that our buddy that paid us twelve dollars, he's got a black friend. I promise. I promise. Oh, <laughs> my sister's cousin married a black guy. I'm certain of it. <laughs> But, I'm not a racist because right, I'm not a right dot dot dot. Right. So <laughs> partially so, though. Not fully. Right, right. Just a little, just tiny little bit. No, um, the where I wanted to take it kind of briefly uh before we bring you into the chamber is um I know that uh like myself, you support Marcus Ruiz Evans and his effort to uh to separate uh divorce from from the United States and California. What brought you to kind of align yourself with CalExit? Well, um, I actually learned about CalExit, I think um, the last few years of the Obama administration, I heard about it and the, the CalExit movement and it piqued my interest because when you talk about federal policies and the harm that it does to the people of California. I mean, you can look no further than its drug policy, which in California, before we recreant, uh, you know, uh, passed a law to recreation, uh, recreationalize marijuana, uh, we had a medicinal marijuana market and that conflicted with federal regulation. So there were tons of pot shops that would get raided uh, you know, uh, patients would get arrested and fined for simply buying medication. So it's, it was a practice that was getting out of control. And you had a lot of governors, you know, sit back and allow that to happen. Um, I'm going to be hardlining that to where if you enter the state of California and attempt to em enforce a law, an unjust federal law, you're going to be arrested. <laughs> because you're in you're in our territory now and mm. the laws are different here. Therefore, you have no jurisdiction. That's the way that it should have been. And that's mm -hmm. the way it will be with me as governor. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But it's crazy that, again, with the shift in regulatory practices, we see the shift in mindset as well. So... Um, with what's happening right now with the federal government, you have many people in California that are looking at their actions. You know, uh, Biden's now proposal to restrict, you know, um, assault rifles and AR-15s, other guns, you know, impose this, um, this block on guns, this nationwide ban that's going to affect the people of California, law-abiding citizens. Again, not only with guns or weed or um, sexual preference, you know, or, or whatever sexual. Um, I, I was corrected on that recently. I apologize to the LGBT community. It is not a preference. But uh, <laughs> uh, it's, so, yeah, it's sad that, again. I prefer yeah. not to take dick. 
<laughs> but right. if I was alone for years, where did that come from, bro? I must <laughs> because it's just preference. Bro, it's a preference. Oh, anyway, uh, you, you guys are crazy. <laughs> anyway, man, god damn. Oh. <laughs> I want to ask you, though, about because you, you were touching on this. And so like, how how ignorant do you think people are about like the whole just the concept of nullification? Like what you were talking about, like about California being able to say, no, get the fuck out. Yeah. And 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 that that concept of nullification. But then also, like, there's this clever trick and they do it with people all the time. They're doing it now with this where this this shot is your 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 pass to get on a plane to go see grandma and grandpa to go to a concert to go to a football game again or or whatever the case may be um to go back to the mall um the what the federal government has done too to make nullification a little more tricky is well now uh, if you don't abide by this law well then you don't get this federal funding for this program right. you don't get this you don't get that so they they've made it they made a very very cozy relationship with the state legislatures and the governors to make it to where so much of this stuff is so entangled now that even if you try to nullify, there's, there's a, there's a consequence on the other end of that. And you have to really get that buy-in for people to say, yeah, you know what? I'm cool. Cut me off. Exactly. I don't want to live here anymore. You know, it's like a, an 18 year old trying to bust out of the house or whatever. And it's like, okay, right. cool. But I'm not paying your car insurance anymore. Exactly. And I'm not, and I'm not paying, you know what I mean? Like all that kind of stuff. And it's like, that's when you turn and, around and you tell them, you know what? I don't need your money. I don't need you anymore. Yeah. Exactly. 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 Right. Yeah. I mean, right. California right. is the fifth largest economy in the world. So outside of the United States of America being a, you know, global economic power, California on its own is exactly that. It provides, you know, over half of the nation's fruit and vegetables. Um, you know, it, it's a worldwide leader in the tech industry, in the fintech industry, in the um, entertainment industry, in manufacturing. I mean, uh, we'll be okay. So if the federal government wants to cut us off from funding, that's perfectly fine because as governor, I don't expect on taking any federal funds anyway. If anything, I plan on limiting the amount of money that California is sending to the federal government to continue to prop up its social welfare programs. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be chopping that off, <laughs> chopping that relationship off, keeping that money here in the state and helping those in need first and foremost instead of anyone else. So if the federal government has a problem with that, then we'll deal with it when the time comes. But uh, secession won't be off the table with me. My goal as governor will be making sure that I'm changing the living conditions of the people here first and foremost uh, so they can see how California independence um, you know, benefits them the most. And uh, if it boils down to us again, having to make a separation between our state and the United States, then we'll, we'll declare ourselves the nation state that we are. Sure. And let's be clear, they're already trying to do some of this shit. Um, one of the things I said today on Twitter was that this, uh, this new gun uh, grab that Biden is doing is is the second attempt this year at trying to cause a civil war. And one of the things that, uh, because they know, they are not that stupid. Yes, government sucks. And yes, there's a lot of overarching they're dumb. But 
there's a lot of smart people that work in government. They know that if they go after people's guns, they're going to have a problem, especially in middle America. Oh, and yeah. this is going to be um, another um, attempt because they tried to do it when Trump left. They were trying to get people to get all the civil war out. What I think California will be able to do if they are successful at, at, at least a fake um, civil war attempt is California will be able to say, you know what? Mm, I'm not participating. You think you right. I'm going over here. And, and I think that that is, is where um, the future lies for um, a lot of um, independence movements. And I, I don't mean just like a state seceding. I'm talking about independence down to the individual is right. uh, again, I think the trend is going towards localization. And, um, and I think they may uh, uh, overplay their hand. And I think California is pretty uh, uniquely positioned to be able to say, you know what, y'all are fighting. I'm not playing, you know, it, California is kind of like the teenage son that's 17 years old, mom and dad getting a brawl in the living room. And he says, you know what, I'm not playing this game. And he goes to his buddy's house, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I think that's really uh, the position that California, California finds themselves in. And, and obviously I support that. Um, so that being said, um, the, 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 gun community in California is abysmal. How do you improve that? By repealing the gun laws here in the state. And that's what I said is as governor, I will be immediately nullifying any and all unconstitutional gun laws. Um, <clears throat> you know how they say, what are you gonna do in your first 100 days? Well, I plan on achieving that first 100 days and just one day. My first day in office, I will be signing a series of repeals and nullifications into law, um, maybe even a few executive orders, we'll see. But it'll all be based on, again, reducing the amount of the size of government and its involvement in our day-to-day -day lives and protecting us from national policies like them wanting to disarm the people of California. We need to make sure that we, again, are able to protect ourselves and um, are armed to the teeth. I mean, we're the West Coast, so we are on the border. We want to make sure that we're protecting our borders from any foreign threat, um, any as well as any domestic threat as well. You have a lot of domestic terrorist groups now popping up and posing a threat in our communities. So best mm -hmm. way to make sure that the people of California are able to protect themselves are making sure that they don't need a license or a permit or an approval from government to do so. Mm -hmm. Or a waiting period or some other bullshit. Where it's like, All right. Like, or right. Somebody, thre somebody threatened me yesterday. Y'all won't do anything about it. And so I just got to wait. I got to wait three days. I got to wait a week. Yeah, here. or if you if you're a medicinal marijuana patient in California, you can't purchase. Mm -hmm. um, question. Well, question from Daryl: um, Do you know about the lawsuits lawsuits between California and Palmer Palmer eighty? I'm not too familiar with it. I believe it has to do with like a gun fabrication company, like 3D printed guns or something like that. 
Um, <clears throat> but it's stupid. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Any right. time government wants to come in and, and sue you for doing something, exercising an, a natural right, uh, there's a problem there. And that's what I'm saying with regards to criminal justice reform. This would be complete reform of the law system in general, uh, not only the way that law enforcement officers are doing their job, but the laws that they're enforcing. You know, the best way to make a police officer's job easier is take away some of the stupid laws that they have to enforce. Yeah, force interactions that are not necessary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If I want to drive around around town with no seatbelt, whose life does that threaten? You know, who does that? A policeman on a motorcycle who will give you a ticket. That's exactly right. (laughs) Doesn't harm anybody. If I want to smoke marijuana. Or if I want to, you know, um, purchase a, a gun to protect my family, whether it be from a gun shop or, you know, an independent seller, that should be my prerogative. And that's the way business should be done in California, to where private business should be between the purchaser and the, purchase, the person doing the selling. Um, and that would be applicable to sex work as well. You know, there shouldn't be any sex work laws in California and removal of that would make job uh, police officers jobs easier to where now they can actually focus on the people that are doing human trafficking and forcing mm-hmm. people into sex work against their will. Uh, so for people sure. need to realize that more freedom actually creates a safer environment for we the people. Mm-hmm. Well, not only that, but just like the, uh, the, the prohibition uh, organized crime rings that, that rose up out of that, Exactly. And, and and the same thing that's happened with the drug war, mm-hmm. you 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 make it to where the sex work thing becomes decriminalized. Now you don't have this because what, what happens most of the time is innocent people end up getting caught, whether it's like drug mules or the little kids with the with the shit on, you know, in their backpack or whatever at the corner because because they're trying to keep the, the cops off the scent. <laughs> so so they send a kid or a woman to do it or something like that. Um, the same thing happens with this, where you have when you when you make it to where the market is allowed to do what the market wants to do, then then there's not as much of that premium, which then leads to right. well, shit, man, it's so expensive. I you know I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to like I can't recruit people, um, so I'm gonna have to just go and scoop people up. Uh, and then there's also I mean a lot of it. We've talked to uh, Eliza Blue, who's a, a survivor and a survivor advocate of human trafficking and, and to, to hear her talk about it, this was something I was unaware of until she talked about it, that it's not as, uh, as, as likely for it to be a kidnapping or anything like that. A lot of this is like long grooming processes mm-hmm. where, they, where people are, are taking, uh, taking their time and, and making someone feel, feel comfortable. And then at that point it's, uh, it's too late and they, they feel, uh, there's a, there's attachments and things like that that come with it too. I don't want to speak too much about it because I don't. I, I my knowledge of it is very cursory, but um, but it's. I think it's still it's born out of that when the when the the government is involved and you have all this over policing, it creates these shoved underground darker markets that right. wouldn't exist if if this was more um, out in the open where where sunlight can disinfect it. Right. I think yeah, the alcohol I think, prohibition is a perfect example of that. I mean, look mm-hmm. at what happened as soon as it was legalized. 
then the criminal market went away. And the same thing happens with the medicinal marijuana, uh, pardon me, with the marijuana market, with mm-hmm. uh, making it recreational, you know, or decriminalization right. altogether. Now you're taking away the black market for the for um, drugs and are making it safer for consumers, you know? Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, in, in, I, I think that, that every, every market can show that. The thing is that this isn't without data. <laughs> you can see the data everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, mm-hmm. um, just straight up THC cannabis is illegal in, in, in Indiana, but the CBD market, I can walk in and be like, I'll take that kind. What's that kind do? Oh, it does this. Okay. I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take that. You know, in, in, if it was a, a, you know, sex work, you can go in and be like, I'll have two Asians, a black girl and a white girl, and that'll do oh me God. for the week. <laughs> you know, and, and oh my God. <laughs> so it, it you know, now you're being racist. I know. <laughs> hey, I got a white girl in there too. I wiped against them whites. I promise. But oh my God. <laughs> but that's two weeks end, in a row, Marcus. I know. I'm coming for you again. <laughs> I want to roll. But <laughs> but it's, at the end of the day, that that is what oh, what. The, the 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 absolute data shows the the more you inter- interject inject competition in any market any market and and again this goes back to to you know John's you know uh, not John Smith to um Adam Smith you you go back to the the foundation of capitalism he showed in his um uh, treatise he showed that the the people who were more moral and more um, ethical were the people who um, allowed for competition and allowed for uh, people to compete. And, you know, a lot of people want to say that the government can add or and they'll protect. The only thing the government ever does is add violence. Nothing is better, is made better by adding violence to the, to the equation. Nothing. Yeah, and it's by threat of violence that these supposed good ideas are being imposed on the rest of us. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. if it was really um, a keen idea where we all were happy about it and embraced it (laughs) and were excited about it, then it shouldn't come through the threat of violence that if we comply, you know, that we will be harmed in some sort of a way, whether it be financially or physically. And that's the right. threat we actually all face if we supposedly break one of these rules by our authoritarians. And that's exactly what they are. We got to start calling. Yeah, for what they are. Yeah, what exactly. they are. These are authoritarians because mm-hmm. you got four grown men right here. If I told <laughs> you all that you needed to respect me, you know, and pay me a portion of your money, you'd be like, what the fuck you, man? <laughs> right. On what grounds? What am I going to get for it? You know? And, and, and I, God damn it, I'm going to hold you accountable to that. No, but but it's, it's, it's funny how... So, so to this idea of like the black market and, and then so how some of the... It's really funny to me. I overheard a conversation at work this week where these people were talking about somebody driving like four hours away to pay $500 to jump the line to get this shot that some people want to get in line for. And I'm just like, I mean, look, knock yourself out, whatever. Somebody, I started thinking, I was like, Man, I wonder if I can make some money. Like, 
my wife's a teacher. Like she's she's like you know further along the line. We, maybe we could sell her her uh, her, her <laughs> whatever to get it. You know, like I, she, she's not getting it. She don't want it. I don't want it. Um, but the thing is, then you get hemmed up. You know, you get caught <laughs> doing that stuff. Then it? it's like, hey, what are you doing? So it's like, well, what? What fucking difference does it make to you? Somebody took the shot, right? <laughs> like that's what y'all are trying to do. Y'all are trying to mobilize sticking needles in people's arms. Who what difference does it make to you? Who gets it? Um, if I gave up my spot in line for 500 bucks, uh, why does it matter to you? But anyway, it's just funny that 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 that's that's where this stuff is. That when you when you create these um instead of it being like a first come, first serve, now they have this, well, it's limited supply. So um, first of all, we want everybody to have it. Everybody's got to get it, but we don't have enough for everybody to get it. Um, and the people who really, really want it <laughs> can't even buy their their pass from somebody who doesn't want it to and get to get to get market, it faster. That's why free market solutions would be the best um, option. And, and not only now with this pandemic, but just all together, you know, making it to, to where more suppliers are able to provide the products directly to consumers. It doesn't have to be FDA approved. A lot of people assume that, you know, just because it's been approved by the FDA, that it's a great product. There are FDA products recalled every year, hundreds, believe it or not, that are recalled mm -hmm. every year. So the FDA, yeah, hey, here we go. <laughs> But even with the vaccine, you wouldn't be forced to just choose between um, the ones that are being offered right now. There would be other vaccine providers. Or there would be other possible remedies that would be okay that you wouldn't get banned exactly. off of YouTube for talking about. Like yeah. not bitching yeah. about a sniffle. <laughs> right, right, right. Not bitching no, no, about a sniffle is your first even if, Right, right, right. But even if you even <laughs> if you believe in all the the level and degree to which this has been uh you know, we've been told to be afraid of it, um just the the, the mention of the letters H and C and Q about six months ago would have gotten you thrown in Facebook jail, Twitter jail, and uh YouTube jail. You know, and now right. the FDA says it's okay, and the CDC says it's okay, and it's it actually might be good. Um, the 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 idea of like having all these different possible options and then letting people decide for themselves is just like beyond people. And then people think they're like, it's your responsibility to do something you don't want to do, so they can go out and do stuff that they want to do. Right. It's funny, but you, but you don't get to say like, no, look, I'm just going to keep living my life, and if you don't feel safe. You don't have to go do the stuff, you know, mm -hmm. like, but you don't get to tell me stay home because you don't feel safe. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and, uh, I just had a last uh, a debate last weekend and um, I actually said that, you know, I was asked or one of the questions asked was, you know, what would you do different than this current governor about the pandemic? And I said, make more products available to the public, not only a vaccine, hydroxychloroquine or UV ray treatment. I even heard about a um, ivermectin and all this other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And inhaler right now has been developed by a doctor over in Israel to help treat. Uh, oh, yeah. I heard about that. The nasal spray deal or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So why aren't the public being given the opportunity to take advantage of all of these different methods of treatment. It's because they're in the pockets of big pharma, you know, Newsom right now 
is going around parading around the state to uh, pressure people into getting this virus. And he's touting about how over 100 million doses have been given out so far and, you know, more to come. It's like you want to make sure every person in the state of California has received the vaccine and the um, teachers in Los Angeles right now are suing the school district because it's law in California to where in order for you to work in school or go to school, you must be vaccinated. And now they're including this experimental vaccine for coronavirus um, because it is still just in the trial period, people. It's not an approved vaccine. So it's, it's, it's in the experimental <laughs> stage. Uh, the government officials don't want to tell you the truth, you know, but that's just the fact of the matter. So if you choose to put this into your body, just know that you are being experimented on and all of the facts aren't being provided to the public. They aren't being told that even if they take the vaccine, you could still contract coronavirus and die. Right. Um, right. And uh, what's the point of, of you having to go through that? If it's not, if it's not providing you with any sort of comfort or relief at all, it's just so you can improve, uh, get a gain approval from the government, so you can go on about a society, like you said, get this vaccine passport, so you can fly or attend a concert, or now even just meet with family and friends. Right, right. He came out and said, if you mm -hmm. have sec second vaccination, now you can meet with friends and family. Uh, you know, and not wear a mask. Well, like, hey, like they must not know me. I've been doing that hey, shit all along. Like, I got yeah, yeah right, exactly. Like, I got I got news okay, though. Man. Hey, hey, don't worry though. These little vaccine passes and whatnot. Don't worry. They'll go ahead and get you a little tattoo on your hand soon, and it, I believe it'll have three numbers on it. And stop, man, just stop. you know, and you stop, can just man. go we on. Yeah, uh, just three to Libre TV where we will still have a show. Um, <laughs> all right, so let me let me uh yeah, don't let me talk about the that, this chat this chat is uh Woo, blowing up all right. questions. I do have another I have one more. I'm gonna ask Corey's question in just a second, but first I have to just read this thing. He paid ten dollars for me to say this. I'm gonna read it. Uh Thank shout out know. to Please shout out to that. Chester again. Chester is begging to make sure that we know that he's not racist. He says, I am not racist. <laughs> And I am happy that he knows his father. Oh my God! Look, I don't write this shit. I, I just read it. I will. I take a picture of it so I can prove that I didn't make this shit up. I'm reading what somebody paid ten dollars for me to read. It says most of my black friends don't know their fathers. I also voted for Kamala Harris. He said, I also voted for Kamala Harris and dated three black women in college. My oh, my God. I hate this. I feel like I'm being tortured right now. But it, it, it ends funny, though, so I'll, I'll, I'll give it that much. He says, my tax dollars go towards welfare and Section 8, and plenty of black people get that. Jesus Christ. Um, hashtag totally not racist. Hashtag this is the kicker. So these last two hashtags are great. Hashtag blue lives matter. Hashtag defund the police. So... Uh, what? Clearly, that's what I'm saying. Okay, we have like, a troll it's, on this. It, he said it says it says I'm not racist. So, anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> I have to ask you, a few oh people. Have asked this. Uh, uh, Rita asked this, and and uh, Corey asked this as well because so Corey, uh, I'll let you know a little bit about uh, about 
um, Corey Frazier. He's one of our friends, G Frazier. He's uh, over. He's over at Libre TV with the Brown Paper Bag Podcast, the Purple Pill Politics Podcast. He would actually that would actually be a really good place for for you to go I, if if they if they're interested in uh, in, in doing an interview there. That would be a, a great uh, great place for you to go. It's they it's like you can they'll talk about whatever. Go into any different uh, little rabbit hole um, about the fuckery that has uh, ha- has been going on since the beginning of time in this country and and all over the world, but. Corey's story is really cool. Um, he he comes from like he's he was uh, he got caught up and ended up spending I think it was seventeen years. Corey, correct me if I'm wrong. Seventeen years in prison, um, and so he is you know he, he's very concerned with um, the the rights of felons who have like served their time. You know, if I served my time and I completed everything like. You said this is what I have to do to to get my rights. But why don't the gun rights get uh, get re- restored? Uh, you know, someone who is who has you know paid their their debt to society, so to speak. Um, what is your what is your take on that? On the uh, the the gun rights, the the Second Amendment rights of convicted felons? Yeah, he said seventeen. That is correct. They should never have been taken away to begin with. I mean. Um, like I said, it, when it boils down to human rights, just you having God-given right to protect yourself, no man should be able to take that away from you. And unfortunately, that's what our law system has done is it's assumed that authority to be able to strip that natural right away from us as human beings. That should never be the case. And <clears throat> excuse me, for anybody that uh was convicted of a felony and has served their time and are looking to sort of clean their record um california is doing its best to correct its ways Uh, just recently there was a um a proposition on ballot to restore voting rights to felons uh and it would be for anyone that isn't on probation or parole or doesn't have any pending charges now they are able to vote. Uh, so that's great, but your right to vote shouldn't have never been taken away from you to begin with either. So rights can't be taken away. Exactly. And they can't be given either. That's the thing. They just are. It's right. uh it's like it's that's like when somebody told should be like to when, you, when you go to a restaurant in the south and you order breakfast, like you just get grits. Like it's just that's it. You just get grits that you don't, nobody takes your grits away and nobody has to give you grits. They just come with the meal. It's just, that's it. it. (laughs) So your rights are like in the South anyway. They just come. Right. That's how it needs to be, man. And uh, they shouldn't be limited by government officials uh, simply because they're having a bad day. I actually just Mm -hmm. experienced this myself when I was charged for contempt of court for recording. Oh, yeah, I remember that. You recorded yourself. You recorded yeah, I recorded myself in court, a public place, and was charged with contempt of court uh, because they told me, put your cell phone away and stop recording, and I refused to do so because I let them know. In the first place, right? Put my phone right there and just... Like, <laughs> well, I let them know, hey, I have the constitutional right to freedom of press, and you know, the mm-hmm. Sixth Amendment said this should be a speedy and public trial. 
And uh, in traffic cases in California, there is no court recorder present. So everything that happens in traffic court is off the record, which, you know, brings in hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue for the state each year. So why is all of this happening in secrecy? I mm. chose to record it to show why, and they didn't like that. So I put the videos on YouTube, they went viral, and I ended up getting charged with contempt of court um, because of that. So mm. I was recently found guilty of that, believe it or not, by a judge who, while he was on the stand, said to the jury and on the record um, that this is this has nothing to do with constitutional rights. This has everything to do with, uh, with court authority and you know, Mr. Wildstar breaking court rules. Okay, rules are not law. Wow. <laughs> you broke protocol, and that's it. That's like hey, here's the kicker. And for then, you, so, man. what was the what were they saying? What were you facing? Or are you still? I guess you still maybe. I don't want to get you in any kind of trouble or anything like that with yeah. it. But I so, was six years. Believe six me. years. Yeah, that's okay. God yeah, damn. a year per charge. I was charged with six counts of contempt, that's each disgusting. with a ma maximum penalty for a year. Uh, thankfully. I wasn't sentenced to that maximum. I was uh, just recently sentenced and given um, 40 hours community service. Uh, what is it? A, a 30 days in jail, which has been stayed if I can complete one year of informal probation, which is basically just stay out of trouble, you know, <laughs> for the next year. And I will have an extra 30 days tacked on to my sentencing. And they also charged me $570. So I had to do all of this just to, again, um, or as penalization for me exercising a constitutionally protected right. You like living in California? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Well, don't, don't act like you live in Chicago, Nico. What the fuck? Man, I don't know, right. It's just as bad as not worse there. I don't start no shit. I be in my business, my, my business, reading my books, Mr. Corey. Oh, yes. Yeah, uh, Corey was going in on you about the books. <laughs> Man, just yeah, oh, yeah, I forgot to say. So the kicker to all of this is, you know, I'm being prosecuted for recording in court. Well, my trial was broadcast live on YouTube. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Because they can make money, but you can't. Oh right. my god! <laughs> they Hilarious. can make it public. I cannot. I didn't get permission. But Rita oh uh, is right. Uh, if a person does have a felony, they aren't able to pass a background check and get a job. That definitely is not fair. We will be stopping that practice here in California, where you won't be able to discriminate <laughs> against someone because of their criminal history and their criminal background. Matter of fact, just remove them being able to ask that all together. And, um, you know, uh, hopefully we shouldn't have that problem. But expungement should also be part of the judicial process. It is not, you know, um, just like with me, I've had charges that have been dismissed. It's still on my record. I have to go through the expungement process just to have it removed. And even with these current charges, you know, I'm fighting to appeal it right now. Um, so the people of California will never have to deal with this again. So if you want to help me with that effort, please 
make a contribution to my GoFundMe, free wild star on GoFundMe. Um, but I'm appealing this. So if I were to win, I would still have to go through the expungement process just to have it removed from my record. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like the, the the cheese touch from fucking anybody. Here? My kids yeah. read all the diary of wimpy kids shit. They give me the cheese touch. Oh shit! All right, so are we doing this, Marcus? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And you get to start it this week, man. I think I think uh, what's that? Oh, I'm, I'm telling him to close his eyes. So okay. Yeah, so if you, if anybody in the in the audience has has any uh, history with seizures or anything like that, then look directly at the center. Of the time the to avert your eyes. Um, it, it is now time. I don't think we're gonna. This is gonna last very long, but we're gonna do it anyway because it is a segment. It is time to take Mr. Nicholas Wildstar into the Aquarian Anarchy Indoctrination Chamber. Uh-oh. So, I'll start it off. I'll start it off. Okay, so, Mr. Wildstar. Yes. <sighs> so, you're, you're, you're running for governor. So, let me try to figure out a good way to, good way to start this thing off. So, <laughs> what, is the best, what is the best thing that a governor can do? For the people that's a good question get out of the way get governments out of the way the best way to make the people of california happier is by improving living conditions and that not only includes the cost of rent and you know goods and services whether it be food or utilities um, but also the services that are being provided to them by the government. Uh, we talked about police services, you know, protection service. That should be uh, of, a, of a golden standard to where it's being appreciated by members of the community, opposed to being damned, look at, look, being looked at as being a nuisance and a threat more than anything. We have gangs in our law enforcement agencies out here in California, gangs that have infiltrated sheriff's departments, police departments, and they need to be purged. So the people of California need to feel safe by those providers of protection in their community. Um, of course, with taxes, we can you know eliminate these taxes to where uh, the average California isn't feel like they're being nickeled and dimed just to live in the state. Uh, some of these larger corporations, as well as the small ones, they wanna hire more people, they wanna expand, but the costs are too damn high. You know, whether it's them having to pay new employees $15, since that's the minimum wage here in California, you know, a forced minimum wage, um, <clears throat> or them having to pay a certain amount of money in taxes just so they could operate their business. So mm. I'll be eliminating those business license fees. I'll be eliminating business taxes altogether so we can join other states in the union that enjoy those types of benefits and uh, eliminate those individual taxes on income and um, property and excess tax, excise taxes for utility uh, so they can, again, live in a environment to where 
they feel like they're more financially prosperous than they would if they were in any other states, whether it Massachusetts or Texas or Nevada even, you know, California should be a live free state also since this is, is still America. Uh, so we need to make sure that our policies here in the state are reflecting that. And that's what I'll be doing as governor. Marcus. All right. So I'm going to dig in a little bit. So you've mentioned a, a couple of times that one of the um, the duties, if you will, of government is for protection. I have a very simple question. When has a centralized government ever protected anybody from anything? <laughs> That's actually a good point to make. <laughs> I, mean, I kind of, I kind of set you up a little bit, but you started off great, and then you just like, well, I mean, I was like, oh, Marcus is going to get in his ass now. <laughs> well, yes, the confusion is that Put that one too stall to emergency services that government is supposed to be there to protect them. You are your first line of defense. Period. So, with the example I brought up earlier about a home invasion. The police are going to be second responders. They're going to be responding to you uh, and your um, call to action in that moment. So what government can do to make sure that you're able to protect yourself is give you all the means to do so. Having constricting gun laws in the state is not aiding in that effort. Any type of weapons laws in this state aren't aiding in that effort. In the state of California, having a collapsible baton is a felony, believe it or not. So why would me as an individual be charged and treated as a criminal for protecting myself? That should definitely be uh, a contradictory that we're staying away from. So- Maybe uh, to get snatched. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> but so to be clear, your answer was it can't, right? It can't. I, it, what I'll be doing is make sure the government is able to protect you in the way that it can, like through legal, uh, through the legal system. You know, if you want to make sure that you have legal protections, then that's where the government comes into play. If you want to make sure that you have protections um, uh, or your rights as an individual as a protected are, are protected that's where government can come into play so <clears throat> but when it comes to again life-threatening moments uh, government pretty much can't do anything except for respond to you in that time of need and I believe, if anything, a free market option would work better opposed to a more centralized one to where you have more people to call in a situation, in an emergency, opposed to just one. Cool. Okay. Nico, you got something? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll, <laughs> we'll work on it. So as future governor, because you got to put it out there. Yes, um, indeed. What would your what would your relationship be with federal government uh, through state if California don't dip out? I believe I'll be a thorn in their side because there are a lot of policies being proposed by the federal government, especially this administration in the last that if I were governor, I would definitely 
be refuting. Um, I would be refuting right now any proposal by the federal government to restrict any gun purchases or usage in the state. I would be refuting them on any mandates on masks or vaccinations or any requirements for them to obtain that in order for them to just work and provide a living for themselves. So if they're going to be imposing these regulations and rules on the people of California, I as governor have to make sure that I'm making a stand on their behalf. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me, I'll probably be in the likes of, you know, the governor of Texas or Florida or, or any of those seemingly rebellious states right now that are refusing to go along with the federal government's laws. Um, so I, I see myself as being one of those individuals where I elected governor. Okay. I agree with Natasha. <laughs> yes, I do too. <laughs> Serve no purpose. They're pretty much just like what Chad was saying, you know, that uh, overbearing adult that wants to dictate what you can do uh, with your own body. And even though you're an adult now, you're like, hey, I, I pay my own bills. I have my own house. I have my own family. I have my own everything. Why are you telling me what I can yeah. and not do? But And that's exactly what the federal government does, is dictate to us as adults what we can and cannot do. That should not be allowed in a free country, and especially one where we should be sovereign individuals. Well, I would I would argue that what what where they have been successful is with their friends in in the corporations and in the media, the corporate media, sure. is they have turned the overwhelming majority of of the the country and the world, for that matter, into very comfortable millennial teenagers who don't want to move out of the house and want to have their parents uh, have them in their house until they're 30 and pay their insurance until they're 26 and all this other kinds of, that's how we get all these laws. It's like, we are, we are engendering this generation of kids yeah. that are coming up and I'm, I'm doing everything I can to, to raise mine, to be different from that. But unfortunately it's, it's been a very solid effort on their part to make everyone comfortable in not being that rebellious teenager, they, they what they've created is the teenager who wants their freedom and all that stuff. I you can't tell me what to do. I'm 18, except I'm going to live here until I'm 30, and you have to pay all my and you have to pay all my all bills. Right. And shut up, mom! You're talking too loud. Um, bring me more Cheetos. That's what they are engendering. Yes, it's a coddling, and sure. it, it started with this this generation to where we've been kind of conditioned to believe that the government should be there to support us and prop us up and make sure that we have all of those provisions that we need in life. Um, you can see what, you know, maybe people that are um, older, that they have more of a hesitance and, you know, <laughs> giving complete autonomy to the government. We've lost that. You know, where we stopped looking at, at ourselves as autonomous beings and instead just w people that are being dictated to by, you know, uh, an overbearing government. Like you said, that parent that wants to still tell us what to do. And um, since we're the 30 year old living in their basement, 
We're just going along with it. That mindset needs to stop, but it starts first with responsibility. You know, um, that's what you're teaching your kids, I'm sure. And that's what I'm going to teach my son and my future children is you have to be responsible for your own actions. I'm not going to be responsible for them. Your mother isn't. Don't expect any stranger to be. You have to be. And uh, a lot of these life lessons have been lost culturally, societally, to where now we as individuals, we're more so just dependent upon figures in government to provide that structure for us. That needs to stop. Um, so as governor, as a libertarian leaning, you know, <laughs> um, governor of California, I'll be making sure personal responsibility is first and foremost. Great. Um, so I think we should go one more round, even though I think we, we, we I'm smelling the anarch, man. <laughs> right, I'm, right, I'm, right, I'm right. feeling it. I'm feeling yeah. it. But, <laughs> but I do think we should go one more round. And I want to start with, uh, uh, this should be a softball question. So we'll start it easy. What percentage of you is owned by the government? Zero. <laughs> yeah. Let me just answer that straight up. I mean, one reason why my wife doesn't like me to drive is because I exercise my right to travel. <laughs> if I get pulled over by a police officer operating, mm. you know, uh, my own carriage, uh, you know, traveling freely in, in my own vehicle, then I will be arguing constitutionality with any Gestapo agency that chooses to prohibit me from exercising my right to travel. So I don't carry a driver's license. Mm. Um, I, I don't have plates on my car, you know, um, and uh, yes. in the business I own as an individual, I do so on my own. I don't have a business license. I'm not seeking one. And um, me as an individual, uh, I, again, educate as many people as I as possible about individual sovereignty. I think that's what has been lost the most when it comes to, you know, the identity of the American is who is that? You know, we need to recognize first we live in a sovereign nation and we are sovereign beings. There is no authority over us other than the one we put there. So if you want to be compliant to a government official, you are choosing to be subjected to their authority. If I say as an individual, there is no authority above me other than God Almighty himself, then man or any government official can't assume that role. And if they, um, if they attempt to do so, then they're going to have a fight on their hands because I'm I'm always going to look at myself as a free person. And you would think any person in America would embrace that ideology, but you still have sympathizers of, you know, centralized control and authoritarianism, which is why we're in this case to begin with. So it's up to us rebellious individuals to start acting on our um, on our free man, you know, statehood, uh, if you want to call that, call it that, <laughs> you know, uh, 
to um, make sure that we're defending our rights and liberties. For sure. Bars. To quote, right. For, he for is, sure. He is a rapper. Look at that. I know. I know. I know. He's just this is, right. right. Oh, I got to quote. No, that I got to quote. Great. That was great. Right. I, to finish oh, yeah. that up, man, I got to quote our buddy um, who's in the chat, uh, Hotep Daryl. Make America rebel again. It is time. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Hotep <laughs> Daryl. Yes. Yes. So, can, can we can we release him? Can we release him from the uh, from the chamber? I think we have an anarch, guys. Do we, we have an anarch? Yes. We I have an anarch. I think I think we knew we did. We knew we did beforehand, but we'll go ahead and do the outro anyway. <laughs> yeah, all right, everybody. Don't now, give everybody a seizure every time. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll get it. I promise I'll have next week uh, where it won't be the uh, spiral. So, uh, says, like touch posted a one in the chat. That means, yes, you have succeeded. <laughs> um, all right, so I have, to, I have to do this, though. I have to do this, though, because Chester donated another $10. So now keep him coming. I don't know who Chester is. I don't know who Juanita is. It may or may not be the same person. I don't know. Um, because the questioning came questioning was very similar. I don't care either. The money is good. Bring it in, keep it coming. Um, I think it may or I'm I'm suspicious that it might be John Limley. I don't know. This sounds like his kind, but it, I don't think so. I don't think so, but we'll we'll just see. Anyway, this one says for ten dollars again. <laughs> Will you force the people of California to follow the science and take the safe and approved vaccine? We need to protect each other. Hashtag this take the shot. Hell, so that, I think because of the language, like I have to think that like this is this is definitely like some 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 no, some, uh, some high level trolling. Yeah, there will be no forced vaccinations in the state of California. There will be no mandates on anything such as that. Uh, I don't think they should be forcefully or, or be forced to vaccinate themselves. I don't think they should be forced to obtain insurance. I don't think they should be forced to pay any certain fees just to um, earn a living for themselves. It's just absurd. I mean, the government that we have sure. is backwards and antithetical to libertarianism and freedom and justice for all. If you talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and those words that are in our, uh, you know, documentary, mm -hmm. part, yeah, that created this country, what is reflective about our government today that, uh, you know, exemplifies that? Hardly anything, you know what I mean? So if we want to get back to making sure that our we have a government that's reflecting those words, then we got to make sure that we have sworn officials that are mm. upholding their oath. And that's what I'll be doing is making sure that I'm not acting outside of my constitutional oath or constitutional authority as governor. Nice. It'd be a definite step in the right direction, if nothing else. One of the things I've said, uh, and, and we're uh, probably needing to move towards closing down, guys, but um, one of the things that, that we look to do with this uh, with this particular podcast is bring people together. You talked earlier about, um, about some of these unification kind of ideas. Bringing people together is, is definitely going to be our way forward. And um, one of the things that I've said is that I want no government. I don't believe in government. I'm an anarch. I don't believe in it. I don't think that it's real. I think it is nothing more than force and violence. And that that is what it is. 
But if we can meet at the Constitution, that's a hell of a good place to start. Right. If we can, right. if we can here, get, <laughs> right. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and, and there is the Constitution no more is still out. full of some fuckery, but right. at least at least it's a lot less than what we have right now. Right. So, it, like Margaret said, it's stepping in the right direction in a big way. Yeah, right now we have a government that is acting outside of the rule book. You know, I just want to make sure that we stay compliant to those rules, period. And it's a matter of making sure that we're holding our government officials accountable. But how are we going to be able to do that when they're acting, um, you know, they're acting wildly <laughs> uh, without recourse? So best way to prove the mission is getting a governor like me. So let me uh, let me, if I may, bring a um, a sports analogy in to to kind of give you my well, like my feel for like how I think this whole thing. Um, I, I gave my 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 millennial uh, living in the basement analogy before. This is a different way that I like to look at it. So I think this rule book, much like the rule book of the NFL, is a tool of manipulation to rig the system to rig games in a certain direction. Um, every time you come up with a, every time there's a new rule that they put in place, like mm -hmm. uh, the CTE stuff where they started, you know, uh, regulating like hits to the head and they started doing the stuff with protecting the quarterback. Have you ever noticed how like, our, oh shit, Nico just dipped. Come back, Nico. <sighs> where did he go? All right. Um, just continue. He'll come back. Okay. Okay. I'll let him in. Um, Big brother got him. Oh, well, he, he might <laughs> he have just had to go. Nico. Oh, no, he's back. All right. So, so let me. Uh, all right. So, real quick. Whoops. Slide I'm you sorry. over. No, you're good. So, so you start. Have you ever noticed how these rules are sim? It seems like they're kind of arbitrarily enforced. And mm -hmm. it seems like, like Tom Brady gets a certain treatment, Michael Jordan got a certain treatment. Peyton right. Manning got a certain treatment that, you know, Andy Dalton or Cam Newton or Deshaun Watson or Johnny Manziel or whoever, you know, doesn't quite get that same level of treatment. And I just think that some of this stuff is uh, those rules are they, they capitalize on. First of all, the NFL, what they did was they made those those hits that put people that paralyzed people and put people on the path to the CTE side effects. They put that stuff front and center. They marketed that shit. And then they used it as an excuse to make some rules that they could man manipulate the outcomes of games with after they used it to advertise the league. So right. I think in the same way, government will do these things where you have some of these agent provocateurs and you have these little things, all these little, this messaging and this marketing and this little nudge in one direction, nudge in another direction where they kind of channel us like cattle, you know, in the direction they want us to go. And then when some idiot acts up, then they come down with the hammer and now all of a sudden they've got, they've got the solution to the problem that they created. Right. And the solution to the problem that they created only affects the people who don't already have a bunch of money and a bunch of power. <laughs> Isn't that amazing how that shit works out? Yeah. So that's my, that's my little metaphor for like, I say, I understand. I get where you're coming from and you're running for governor. So I get that you have to say things a certain way, but I say, burn the fucking rule book. <laughs> I'm with you on that. that rule book. I'm doing, you know? <laughs> I get yeah, yeah, yeah. 
the, the rule book right now is this fucking big. Yeah, yeah. I just want to get it down to the five pager. You know, it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> that way yeah. we can see. A touchdown is six points. An extra point is one point. That kind yeah, of shit. I mean, that way we can see how just right. the basic rules benefits us. And if mm-hmm. the basic rules still have some application and some, you know, uh, some uh, need, then why not leave them be? But if we see how just the minimum rules are still causing an imposition, are still causing barriers from people from being able to be as prosperous as they can be, then it needs to be reduced further. You know, Um, that's the problem to begin with is that, you know, we have a government that had a rule book this small, but it expanded it drastically. And now it has all of these arbitrary laws that we don't even know what's what's what anymore. So yeah. just getting back to the basics is going to be beneficial to the people of California. And that's what I plan on doing first and foremost is just minimizing government, uh, limiting it to its ability to its constitu- constitutional authority. And then, as I said, seeing from there how much uh, more cut, uh, fat we can trim from there. Sure. All right, you, Nico, it looks like you wanted to say something before I started my sports diatribe. Yeah, um, I was going to say, in a parallel universe, because we don't want to speak it into this universe, um, if you weren't governor, uh, what would you do to continue to help people in mm. the sense I love, of, like, I love the way Nico thinks. You feel like <laughs> we can't good. put it in definite, but um, what would you do and what yeah no what would you do um to continue this sucks continue (laughs) help people uh right right well in the alternate universe i'm a rap superstar so you know (laughs) there we go all right i love it i love it (laughs) is a philanthropist human humanitarian you know and uh basically lives on a minor uh a, a meager you know um uh income because to me, I feel like as long as I got my bases covered, I got food on my table and a mm-hmm. roof over my head, I'm good. I don't need to have 20 cars in the driveway. I don't yeah. you know, wear Louis Vuitton or uh, jewelry or none of that stuff. So I'm, I'm not the flashy type of person. My lifestyle reflects the type of person that I am. And that's one that is more humble. You know, um, and I'll always be that type of person. Even if I was a, a rich superstar celebrity rap artist, I would be that. And I would be, like I said, making sure that I could help out the community with the amount of money that I'm able to earn or use my superstardom to make sure that I'm able to improve the living conditions of people that aren't able to be heard altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what encouraged me to um, be a musician to begin with Mm. and not selling out to become, you know, this mainstream superstar that I could have been. I could have signed with major labels. I decided to go the independent route. Why? Because I wanted to stay true and authentic to who I was and the words that I was saying instead Mm. of manufactured for me by an establishment and uh, a system that wants a particular message to get out there. 
Amen. Love it. I love it. Love. <laughs> so I want to I want to say um, uh, Nicholas Wildstar is running for governor. If you guys are uh, in California, vote for his ass. Vote yeah. for him. Vote. Vote, vote, vote for vote, his vote. whole body. Right. Vote for the whole thing. I am. Don't drop the ball this time. <laughs> right. You could have had just a give it for governor right now. Yeah, that's right. Two years. Get Wildstar in there, and until 2022, I assure you, you will experience the best time, the best time you've ever had in California. Sure. There we go. And and his social media links are below. Um, mm -hmm. Is there anything else you'd like to plug uh, today? Yes, visit my website, wildstar2022.com. That's my official campaign website. Please visit it today. Bookmark it. Share with others on social media. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, right here, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. So please connect with me on social media. I'm also on YouTube. Um, so subscribe to my channel. Make sure you get notifications about upcoming videos. And um, please join my campaign. I'm a grassroots can candidate, and I need all the help that I can get. So it's all hands on deck for a true revolution for we the people out here in California. One that's not being funded by big banks and big pharma and uh, special interests. None of that matters other than the voice and concerns of the people of California. And that's what I wanna do with my campaign. So please visit my website, wildstar2022.com today and join Team Wildstar so we can bring back liberty to California. There you go. Love it. Hey, Marcus, uh, if you get send those send those links to Marcus if they're not already in, because I, I don't think all of that's in the description. No, it's not. We'll get like your Patreon. I mean, your uh, your GoFundMe as well um, for your uh, for your case and all that stuff. We'll get yes. all that stuff in there and add it to the description if it's not already there. And uh, and we'll go from there. I have to do this. We have one more five dollar chat. <laughs> from Chester. Hey, Shout out to Chester. Chester, what? we are balling tonight with Chester. Like we we are sure. paying off all kind of bills uh, just on <laughs> Chester's, just on Chester's dime. So, but uh, yeah, I have right. bad news for you, Chester. <laughs> Chester says I'm donating to change the name of this show to a QAnon Anarchy. <laughs> so <laughs> so it is not going to be changed. It is still going to be Aquarian Anarchy. So uh, thank you for the money, but. No thanks. We are not changing right. the name, and uh, that's it. That's uh, so. So anyway, uh, with that, we very much appreciate uh, you coming on, and uh, we remind everybody to 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 go go check out uh, Mr. Wildstar's campaign. Check out his links that are going to be. Some of them are already there. Check those out, but then also we'll be posting some later. So come back and uh, and check the chat after after the uh, the the archived version goes up, and. Uh, and we because we want to promote his campaign and promote the the efforts that he's making. You heard you heard him talk. You heard the stuff that he's about, and uh, we appreciate. He's that. one of so us, people. He's, he's one of us. He's an anarch. You heard yeah. that he had that that anarch energy flowing when he was talking about how he how he rolls out on the streets. Sure. Um, so <laughs> don't forget to to like our show as well. Um, if you haven't already, hit the like button, hit the uh, subscribe button, and uh, get the notifications. Hit the little bell icon so you can get the notifications. Share it. Uh, share share our Libre version as well um, so that we can get some more traffic to uh, Libre TV. Shout out to Saul G and Corey in the building. Um, and then finally, go to our Patreon and to our store and uh, and buy some merch. You can get this shirt, the Ivy Toad shirt. 
it's uh it's for all those people who put the i voted buttons on um i vetoed i uh Either I, I either don't vote or I vote for somebody who uh, probably doesn't have a chance at winning. But yeah. it's just my middle finger to the to the man to say I'm not voting for that shit. So uh, yes, so we we appreciate everybody coming in. We love all our patrons who are already patrons, but if you aren't already, go to the Patreon and and join. We have a killer chat in there. Thanks to folks like Halima and uh, Tim and uh, Daryl. And I know I'm missing somebody. Shit. That's the primary players. I think that's that's the primary folks who are who are in their chat and everything. But anyway, Nicholas, man, huge, huge thanks. Really, really appreciate you coming on. For sure. Good, I hope you hope you had as much fun, fun time as we did. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful time. Thank you for having me, and look forward to coming on again. Awesome. We'll All set right. it up at the same time. All right. Thanks a lot. Stay free, my friends. Peace.